0: what's up everybody welcome to the 10th episode of the prime sports podcast i'm your host steve marquez joining me are your co hosts blake elijah pete rios and tony sutton and we had another crazy weekend of football with a lot of big news coming out after all after what has been a really extensive battle for the playoffs for a lot of teams um I guess we should jump right into it. And being obviously the Raider fan here, I, there's no better person than to kind of a, you know, get it going. Let's talk about Derek Carr being benched by head coach Josh McDaniels. The Las Vegas Raiders obviously came into the season with a lot of hype, a lot of expectation. This was a team that somehow made the playoffs at ten and seven last year, with no head coach, with no weapons. Seemingly Derek Carr pulled it, you know, a rabbit out of a hat to make it. And then you get the addition of Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. And it seems like, okay, for once, the Raiders might actually be contenders. And the season has been anything but. As everybody knows, it's been up and down. We've collapsed, I don't know, seven times, I believe. We've lost one score games. The opposite of... Uh, Tony's Minnesota Vikings, but before I truly dive into the Derek Carr benching, let me know kind of what you guys think about it. Was this the right move? How does this benefit the Raiders and where does Derek Carr go from this? Blake, how about you get us started?
1: It's, it's a little shocking, especially since it just happened. I was not expecting to see Derek Carr get um uh, I think this is just saying a statement that they're definitely at least going to look at the option of moving on from them. I'm not saying that they are guaranteeing that they're going to move on from them, but I think they're going to explore their options, look at what they can get maybe in the draft, or hey, you never know. Maybe they bring Aaron Rodgers to play with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. (laughs) That would be insane. But I don't know. I think this is just definitely saying that we're going to – Give up on this season, to be honest. I mean, they have a very slim chance to make the playoffs, but give up on this season, get whatever draft pick that they have, and look at the option of moving on from Derek Carr.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Rodgers being an option. and We'll dive into all the options that the Raiders could have. But, yeah, when you look at who the Raiders could possibly replace Derek Carr with, as far as free agency or quarterbacks in the league, You have Tom Brady, who's a free agent after this year. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who both those quarterbacks know, Josh McDaniel's system, or Aaron Rodgers, who reconnect him with uh, Devontae Adams would be huge. But you would have to trade for Rodgers, and so that makes that a little bit more. You already gave up a first and a second to get Devontae. Are you going to trade more draft capital now to get a quarterback who you might only have for two years? I don't know. Pete, what do you think of Derek Carr being benched? And do you agree with Blake that this is just them basically throwing the white the white flag?
2: Yeah, bro, that's definitely what it's gotta be. There's really no other explanation besides maybe, I know you've mentioned it before, maybe to avoid an injury and having to pay them no matter what, even if they are already thinking about getting rid of them. But the fact that y'all still I mean it's far fucking fetched, but the fact that y'all still have a chance at the playoffs. And you're benching your starting quarterback is fucking insane to me, bro. I mean, I can't imagine that team's gonna want to go out there and fight at all after benching the after benching the quarterback. Um, but I mean, I I guess I kind of understand the logic behind seeing some young some young players out there and seeing what they can do. But uh, overall, I mean, I just think it's I think it's crazy, bro. The fact, like I said, the fact y'all have a chance at the playoffs and benching them, I just Bro, I don't know how the team gets behind him and wants to – behind the coaching staff and wants to keep playing. It blows my mind.
1: I do have a quick question. Did uh, Devontae Adams come out and say anything about it? His best friend getting he, getting benched yet?
0: He hasn't said anything publicly yet from what we know of. And it makes you think, like, are they going to sit Devontae?
2: Are they going to sit Darren Waller who's been injured? Like, is Josh well, Jacobs going to fucking and that's sit kind because –
0: yeah, so they're gonna. No, probably, no. They're
2: probably gonna try to hurt Josh Jacobs so they can pay him some a little bit cheaper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, no, and and you bringing up the playoff chances is kind of what made it the most surprising for me because have we been completely eliminated, okay, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if Derek Carr gets injured within the next next two games, he would be guaranteed forty million dollars. So I understand on I understand why they wouldn't want to pay him forty million dollars, especially if they don't know if he's gonna be there quarterback of the future, but to still have an opportunity to make the playoffs after he led that team he did last year, he's been the starting quarterback for nine years. Yeah, you you do kind of question it. What do you get from Jared Stidham? He's not young enough to where you think Jared Stidham is going to be your future quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's not some polarizing backup who, you know, can come in and give you some super great, you know, spark on offense, like a Taylor Heineke or a Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's never even started – Stidham's never even started an NFL game. So it kind of
2: – And that's it, how you know they're fully giving up, bro. The fact that he's going to be inactive. They're not even going to have him as an option in case Stidham gets hurt. Like, he's yeah, not even he, going up. Ch-
0: Chase like, Garber. They're, com-
2: they're completely giving up, bro.
0: Chase Garber is our backup. <laughs> you guys might not even know who Chase Garber is.
2: I have
3: no clue <laughs> what it is. But I do know that <laughs> yeah, Garber actually – <laughs> he actually asked with – coach's permission to leave the team all together so he wouldn't be a distraction
0: yeah okay. no and I think which Tony that that gets me into what I wanted to ask you about the situation is we can't deny that Derek Carr hasn't played well this season it's pretty obvious and I'm a I'm a Derek Carr supporter I've loved Derek Carr throughout his entire career as much of it's been an up and down roller coaster with him you know I I I am grateful for what Derek Carr has done for the Raiders. But that being said, although it's the most important position, it just feels like let's just put everything on Derek Carr, kind of put all the blame on him. And you know what? He's not our guy. He hasn't been playing well. We've been putting him in positions. It is what it is. That being said, Tony, what do you make of Josh McDaniels as the head coach making the decision to bench Derek Carr or, How do you think, kind of like you said, how does that impact the team when the team has struggled to have a leader all season long?
3: I think more than anything, it shows that there is an existing and growing rift between Carr and McDaniels. And I think you saw some of that earlier this season, but, you know, it comes into question whether or not it's a real thing or if it was just the passion of the moment. But I think this kind of confirms that there's been a rift between those two. and. I think I'm a little bit more sure than Blake about the Raiders desire to move off of Derek Carr. Um, You know, and I think that could also be the best thing that ever happened to Derek Carr. Look at what Derek Carr's overcame all the bad trades, all the bad roster decisions, all the coaching changes, all the turmoil, all the distractions. There's been so much happening in Raiders nation the last handful of years, especially with Derek Carr as quarterback. And yet, despite that, he's managed to lead you guys to two playoff appearances. No, you guys didn't get out of the first round. One of those wasn't his fault. But he's been the best quarterback this team has had since the early 2000s, and I genuinely think that the Raiders organization has done him dirty, in a sense, the way they've kind of thrown him under the bus. And they're doing it through Josh McDaniels because he's the most easy-to-remove part of the Raiders e- equation, you know, if this comes back to the front office, then there's going to be some more internal questions and nobody takes responsibility in that front office. So with Josh McDaniels, he's the easy boat, scapegoat after Carr. Oh, it didn't work with yeah. Carr. So we got rid of him. Oh, it didn't work with McDaniels and whoever else we got at quarterback. Now we can just get rid of him when, you know, I feel like ownership and the front office have more of the share to bl- of blame for how the Raiders have been disappointing in the, you know, recent years, despite having good players on their roster. And despite having a good quarterback, Derek Carr was a good quarterback in Las Vegas. He hasn't been that good this year, but I've seen worse quarterbacks not lose their starting job than what Derek Carr has been this year. So I think if Derek Carr gets a fresh start somewhere else, it could be the best thing for him. And we might be talking about this in three, four years saying, you know what them benching him and getting him out of there and keeping him healthy was the best thing they ever did to him. Honestly, they're protecting his value as a quarterback so they can trade him. Teams are going to want to get him and play him. If they potentially saved him from an injury, then he could be in a worse situation in three years, four years.
1: I have a, I have a question for you, Steve. How Bye. shitty would it feel that if the Raiders traded Derek Carr and picked up someone like a Baker Mayfield to be your starting <laughs> quarterback?
0: Look, I, like I said, I'm a Carr supporter. I don't want to come on here like, oh, I'm this Carr stand who can't see what Derek Carr has done wrong, who can't put the blame on Derek Carr. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of my concerns is If you move on from him, who are you going to get that's better? You know, realistically, within these last two games, even if we lose him, we're not going to move up more than a spot or two in the draft. We're at eight right now, I believe. So it's not like, oh, we have the possibility of getting a top five pick if we don't play him. You know, we're going to be in that six to eight range, I believe. And yeah, like I said, when you look at free agency, you get who? Tom Brady. Okay, he knows the system, but look what he's done with Tampa Bay this year. Not much. He hasn't been impressive. He hasn't played well. And that's with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and an actual good defense. Jimmy G. Okay, same thing. Jimmy G has a great O-line in San Francisco. He has the number one defense pretty much. He has all these weapons. Okay, you come to to Las Vegas, what's he going to be able to do? We don't know. And so that's kind of my... My thing is, okay, we might not get a top one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. The mark, the free agency market or the quarterbacks you can get isn't big. Can we truly say we're going to get anybody that's better than Carr? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think, I, I think it's a shame.
1: Last question for you. As, a, as you as a Derek Carr fan, if you guys were to move on, where would you want to see him to be able to be successful? Who?
0: Um, I think that there's a there's a there's a couple of good options. Very similar to Josh Jacobs, whether they stay or go, I want to see them succeed because they have yeah. had to deal with so much. Like Tony said, since Derek Carr has entered the league, he has probably dealt more. He's dealt with more than any other quarterback probably in the history of the NFL. With just as much of turmoil has gone through with the organization since 2014 he's had the 32nd ranked defense out of any starting quarterback in the NFL. He's never had a good defense. Uh, he's never had a team ranked more than 20th to help him out. So, and obviously we know that Derek Carr doesn't play well in the cold. So you would think somewhere like Indianapolis, since they have a dome, New Orleans has a dome, uh, possibly Tennessee. The, the Jets would be a nice choice, but now you're playing in the cold. I, I just don't know if that will make a lot of it, sense for him. Wherever he goes. Go to Miami, Miami boy, maybe. over. <laughs> <laughs> if, I just hope now. he he just succeeds wherever wherever he goes. Hopefully, like, maybe with, with a – I just want him to go somewhere with a decent O-line, with a good head coach, with a good defense, and see what he can do. If he can perform there, then we know it was us. And if he can't perform – yeah, and if we can't, and, and then if he can't perform, then we know it was on it was on him. And I'm gonna try and wrap this up because I could go on forever about this. But yeah, Derek Carr just didn't have a lot of help this season. And if you see how Josh McDaniels approached his car situation, yeah, like the whole, the entire time it was like he had one foot in, one foot out with Derek Carr. He never gave Carr that opportunity. We resigned signed him to the three-year extension this offseason with that escape of being able to cut him after this year. You know, it was a three-year, twenty-one dollar, one $121 million contract. Hey, let's add that escape after this year. Even against the Steelers, you look at that game, Derek Carr had not been playing well the entire game. You could see his throws were high. They weren't as accurate. Why aren't you running the ball? If you see your quarterback's not playing well, why wouldn't you make the decision, hey, let me start running the ball more and more and more and make it easier for him. He he just kind of. I felt like Josh McDaniels just kind of put everything on Derek Carr. Kind of like Tony said. Like hey if someone's going to fail. We'll put it on Derek Carr and then we'll move on. And it just sucks. Because I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of appreciation. For what he's done. For this organization. That being said. Let's move on to our next topic. Nathaniel Hackett was finally fired. Um. From the Denver Broncos so he's no longer the head of coach there so it kind of leaves us to think who was at fault there Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett or Russell Wilson and, Both. Oh, and quickly I just want to make this uh, make this point because I didn't think about it Derek Carr had a 68 completion percentage last season 68 with less weapons with the worst O-line with the worst D-line he threw for over 5,000 yards And one season later, his completion percentage drops to 60% with better offensive weapons, with a better online, with a better defense. Similar to Denver, Russell Wilson has played extremely trash this year after playing pretty decent last year, even though he's dealing with some injuries. Is it the quarterbacks to blame? Or are we overlooking the fact that these head coaches inherit these teams with all these expectations and all this hype and somehow their quarterbacks are doing worse with better talent the following years. What do you guys make of the Denver Broncos situation? And do you think Russell Wilson can turn it around with another head coach or is that, is that franchise just doomed for the next few years as long as he's there?
2: Dude, I hope he can turn it around. I'm a Russell Wilson fan just you know, getting drafted so late and how good of a career he's had. But bro, you just watch him play and I vouched for him this year, you know, saying like you can't go from being, you know, that good for so long to just this horrible with no fall off. Like it was just like there was no gradual fall off, bro. He just fell off a cliff. Like his play is horrible this year. So I'm rooting for him, bro. I hope maybe the <clears throat> the head coach firing will make a difference. But I mean, you watch him play this year, bro, like His vision's not the same. He can't throw the ball the same. He don't use his legs quite as much, although I want to say, I don't know if it was last game or the game before, he did get quite a bit of rushing yards. He was starting to look like he was going to be okay, but, I mean, overall, I mean, I think he's also lost uh, confidence in that team, bro. I mean,
0: look how Judy
2: reacted the other week, and then look how Corlin Sutton acted this week. He was wide open on the sideline, rushed through a pick, you know, threw it right past him through a pick. Like, I don't know, something's wrong with Russ, bro. I mean. And that team was pretty much almost handpicked by him and the coaches, bro. I mean, they went and got him, signed him to a huge fucking deal and pretty much asked him, you know, what he wanted, bro. So, I mean, I do think losing their running back at the beginning of the season did hurt him a lot because, you know, yeah. he lost arguably what, last year a top 10, 15 running back, if not better. So losing that did hurt him a lot, but I don't know. I hope I hope he can turn it around, bro. I hate. Yeah. It. I mean, maybe he needs to, maybe he needs to cut that fucking hair, bro, because that shit is <laughs> not it.
1: I just don't understand the the curse that he has. Every single team, no matter who he plays with, has the worst offensive line yeah. in the in the league. Yeah, the Seahawks. You see him running around the freaking pocket, trying to trying to survive. And mm. going into the season, Broncos were supposed to have a line. He comes in worse, so lying in the, in the freaking NFL. I don't understand the curse behind it. Um, I'm rooting for Russell Wilson, like Pete said, I'm a big fan as well. Um, I think he's I think he can turn it around, it's just a matter of does his teammates have the confidence in him
2: doing so because he looks like no, he, he fucking it. misses DK and Lockett, bro. I know what he, he misses that shit. Hey, <laughs>
0: right, maybe Pete, Pete yeah. Carroll knew something we didn't. Tony, do you think it was a Hackett issue, or do you think it's a Russell Wilson issue?
3: I mean, I will say one thing. Hackett is the second head coach in NFL history to not make it through their first year as a head coach. Um, And uh, the first person uh, was accused of uh, physically assaulting his kicker and um, uh, (laughs) got caught with a handful of ass in a... The nightclub after a loss, <laughs> and so you have someone like that that's as big of a distraction as they were for jacksonville um and Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a distraction; he was just bad, so that 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 puts him in the category of historically bad in my book yeah. now I will say the fall off for Russell Wilson has also been historically bad to go from mm. you know a pro Bowl top 10 consensus quarterback to a top bottom five quarterback this year bottom 10 it's safe to say that he's been performing very poorly he just finally reached the landmark of bathrooms to touchdowns that everyone was making jokes about (laughs) He, he barely got the 12 who knows if he passes that this year but you know i i think Russell Wilson can turn it around if he changes the way he approaches things and thinks about just the way he acts. He needs to have yeah. a an attitude adjustment. And I don't mean that like to say he has a bad attitude. I'm saying that he has a weird ass attitude about everything. It's like, yeah, you know, about everything. It's, <laughs> it's it's like he's just a PR puppet on every occasion. It, it's He's so absorbed with saying the right thing. And doing the right thing—that he doesn't realize the situation around him—is that the ship is sinking. Time to show some real emotion, you know. he yeah, came some leadership. This, right. He came into this league with a big chip on his shoulder because he was drafted so late, and he wanted to prove everybody wrong, and that got him as far as winning a Super Bowl, right, and being, you know, a Pro Bowler, an All Pro player. And then something just switched in the later half of his career with Seattle. I don't know if he was always that way or if something happened to him, but he just changed. He just became this robot version of Russell Wilson. He lost his passion and started doing more commercials and just always the same smile and stupid look on his face.
0: Broncos country. It, let's ride. That's right.
1: That's <laughs> right. I do got a quick question I don't want to just I don't want to get out of topic or push this too long but uh if Russell Wilson doesn't turn it around next season do you think it hurts his odds for Hall of Fame?
3: no I mean hurts them yes, but I don't think it oh, like
1: yeah
0: I think it does
1: really <laughs> do you think he if, if he doesn't if he never comes back and turns it around in the slightest for the next let's say three four seasons it's like this. It, make, yeah, like, if it stays bro, like he's not this, gonna, I think it he's not
2: gonna it. play that long, bro. If he has another season like this, bro, I think he's done. <laughs> like <laughs> he signed he said, a five-year Steve, contract. I, I, think, I think Pete Carroll might have known something, bro. That motherfucker wouldn't chase the
0: bag. He got the bag and knew what the. fuck I mean, was think happen. about it. The Seahawks passed over him twice in that draft, too. It's not like oh, we thought Russell Wilson <laughs> was our guy and we drafted him. Like no, they paid Matt Flynn like seventy-two million dollars that off <laughs> They. Obviously, didn't think highly enough of Russell to draft him in the first two rounds. They saw him in the third round. They're like, all right, let's take a chance on him. They didn't even know he was going to be the starter. It wasn't until whatever Pete Carroll saw in training camp, in OTAs, in preseason, that was like, all right, let's take – I know what I can get out of Russell, and I know it's going to help us. They had a good running game with Marshawn. They had a really good defense, Legion of Boom, obviously. So, no, I I agree, Pete. I think – Pete Carroll obviously knew something that we probably didn't, and he knew the, how to get the best out of Russell Wilson. But, yeah, to answer your question, like <laughs> I, I I think it does hurt him. I, I do think it hurts his chances. if He doesn't have another decent year for the rest of his career.
1: He's not a first ballot. I don't think he's he, first ballot. He won his
0: Super Bowl, but what did he do? He threw an interception that lost them the, their <laughs> next Super Bowl. <laughs> He was injury riddled for the next two seasons following that. And -hmm. then he goes and has one of the worst seasons out of what everybody thought was a future Hall of Famer where he was supposed to be even better. And so, yeah, I don't know. If you're asking me, I think it hurts his chances.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's a first ballot anymore at all.
0: I mean, I don't think he
3: ever was. (laughs) Was Russell Wilson ever the best quarterback in the league? No. 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 Yeah.
0: But you can argue he was top five for a, probably a good five seasons in a row, though. The,
3: the fact that you got to argue it, though, says something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Hall of Famers, I think that's the perfect time to introduce someone who will be a future Hall of Famer, hands down, first ballot. J.J. Watt, who was just the poster child for Defensive Player of the Year for the longest time in the NFL until Aaron Donald came in. And he's had, obviously, a ridiculous career. We mentioned his receiving touchdowns. He obviously won defensive player of the year three times um, with the Texans. And he announced that this is his last year. He announced his last game with uh, the Cardinals in Arizona was his last home game. And these last two games will be his last. What do you guys make of J.J. Watt? Where do we rank him as far as best defensive players of all time? Because you can argue he was the most dominant defensive player in the league for a good five years. And that being said, we had this conversation a little bit earlier. Is the Watt family the greatest football family in NFL history, or do we think, or can we see T.J. Watt pass the family? Surpassing? J.J. Mm. <laughs> might be the Manning the
3: family.
0: I think Daddy, they might be yeah. they, they got Eli and
3: Peyton. And I yeah, mean Yeah,
0: their dad. Dad is a is Arch, Archie's a Hall of Famer, right?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. And then wouldn't it be Archie the second or the, the kid coming up? Yeah, Arch
2: like, Arch Manning. The Arch, going Manning. To Arch Manning,
3: yeah. yeah. He he could end up in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Potentially, so, I don't want to get too ahead of I mean, myself. I'm, I'm gonna
1: say, don't don't get too ahead of yourself. I'm just
3: there's a there's a possibility, but um, I think he's definitely a top ten defensive player of all time. You know, there the if you're at least talking about like, you know, defensive linemen like front seven, not including the secondary.
2: I'd say Yeah, there you go. I was about to say I think yeah, if, I if, say the, if you're counting linebackers too, bro, that's hard to put him in the top ten. But I can see D line.
3: Yeah. yeah. He He's really good though I mean for five years he was Hands down the best defensive player in the league
2: He I mean, was one of the best seasons We've ever seen from a defensive player I still think yeah. he
3: should have won MVP that year
2: Honestly His numbers
0: were insane bro
3: You just don't see that from anyone But I Well deserved He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure
0: Yeah he, he finished with 111 and a half sacks Two interceptions um, 580 tackles. Yeah, he yeah he had a four-year span where from 2012 How many touchdowns? to 2015. 20 and a half sacks, 10, 10 and a half sacks, 20 and a half sacks, 17 and a half sacks. There's no denying he was... He might have even been better had he not been riddled with so many injuries towards the back end of yeah, his he career. Did you know? uh,
1: he, definitely. I mean, he was the best, like he said, he was the best defensive player literally until Aaron Donald came into play. Yeah. Aaron Donald came in and really took over that title, but previously, all before that, he was 100% best defensive player in the NFL. There was no argument. There was no way to fight it or anything. He was just yeah. dominant in every aspect. I mean, it's,
2: it's not just on the field either, bro. It's off the field. What him and his family do for for Houston, I mean, for the team. What they did during Just the hurricane. How,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, how great he's been for that franchise, bro. For the community, I mean, he's, he moved over to moved over to a different team, and he's still. I mean, he still does so much for everybody. Just a great overall person.
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely the player I mean, if you want. I
2: don't. It, it don't suck because you know to you got to be happy for NFL. him. You got to be happy for him to have the kid, but uh, I mean the kid. He had pretty much forced him out of there, man. I mean, he wants to go spend time with his family. He's already getting old. So he's. I think he's choosing the right decision.
3: Plus, didn't he have some sort of incident earlier this
2: year? Yeah, he had a, a heart a heart issue. He had to get, like, an emergency heart procedure. And he still played that same weekend.
3: Yeah, that that, that might have something to do with it, too. I think he's just sick of procedures and getting hurt and shit.
2: But uh, I will tell you who wears that crown now. I, I give it to Nick Bosa, bro. That All motherfucker right. is dominant. I thought, gonna, bro. I thought you were
1: gonna say Michael Parsons. I was <laughs> no, waiting. Bro, you
2: gotta you nah. gotta give that shit to Nick Bosa, bro. Definitely, yeah, nah, Nick Bosa's been I don't think it. nobody is better than him right now on the defensive side of the ball.
0: He's just so dominant. Cons- consistently, he's been the best player this season. Defensive player this season for sure.
2: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some people that will have little spurts that you know they look like they're up there with him, but then he just, like you said, he's just so consistent, bro. I mean, he's so, sh- he's so fucking strong, bro. I mean, you see him throw around these, these offensive linemen like nothing, but yeah, go on from there. Yeah.
0: Um, Some other news is Ed Reed is finally a head coach for Bethane Cookman <laughs> college. So he's, he's following in Deion Sanders's uh, path, and let's see if hopefully he can succeed as well, because Ed Reed, obviously, arguably the greatest defensive back, maybe along with Deion Sanders of all time. So, he is
1: the greatest. so hopefully
0: Ed Reed has success in his coaching career and all, uh, best to him. That being said, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into our game recaps and previews. We'll see you guys in a moment. Trying to do it again. Here comes a blitz by the Giants. Cousins to the end zone for Hawkinson! What a Welcome back, everybody, here with our game recaps and our game previews from this past weekend's games. Tony, get us started off with the Vikings, who had another game-winning drive against the New York Giants. It was a game that was a lot closer than a lot of people thought, but we figured, you know, hey, the Vikings are consistently <laughs> playing the same way. They're in these closed games, but somehow managed to always win. And you guys managed to win off of Greg Joseph's 61-yard field goal. Um, what do you what'd you make of this game? And what do you see the Vikings uh, gaining from, from a win like this?
3: Well, um, I think the Vikings gain um, just better positioning here to hold down that two seed uh, and potentially be within striking distance for the first seed bye week as well. Um, so it's always good to, you know, keep winning with the other teams that are winning. (laughs) We appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and it's also good to see how we'd compete against a team that we could potentially face in the wildcard round, depending on how the next couple of games go here. Uh, that being said, uh, I think this is probably one of my favorite games in terms of how the defense played for the Vikings this year. Um, They were uncharacteristically aggressive with their blitzes early in this game. And they were able to get to Daniel Jones pretty consistently here. Um, And then they stopped doing that and went back to their normal shell coverage, bring four pass rushers and kind of keep the play in front of them. And I feel like they had less success doing that. So I hope to see more blitzes from this defense. They did win the turnover battle. They got the fumble. They had the interception. Um, We weren't able to capitalize offensively as much as we would like to off the turnovers. And I just think it came down to Kirk Cousins this week. He was missing a lot of throws. He had a couple of um, uh, almost interceptions. One that was dropped and another one that looked like it was complete. Um, to the rookie for the uh, Giants. It would have been his first career interception, got overturned. He did, you know, fumble the ball going into the ground a little bit. But Kirk Cousins just missed throws, and I think he was really trying to feed Justin Jefferson and maybe a little too much to try and help him get close to the record. I don't know, but he made some ugly throws. Uh, He got sacked four times, uh, which – is pretty par for the course for Kirk. He's been getting hit almost more than any other quarterback this year. But despite that, they were still able to get the job done here, predominantly through the air. Justin Jefferson with 132 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, two touchdowns, and he mossed two Giants defenders for a touchdown. That was one of the craziest catches I've seen from a tight end this year.
0: Coming so, out party for TJ Hawk. Yeah. For, sure.
3: for all the he, he put on for all the fantasy owners in the playoffs this week, so you love to see that from him. But yeah. a sixty-one yard field goal from Greg Josephs. That's a Vikings franchise <laughs> record. Shows you how bad our kicking play has been throughout the history of this <laughs> franchise. So it's it's good to see some it's good to see Greg Josephs hit two game winners. Um maybe some hope for more consistency in our special teams. We, we did have a good special teams play this week as well. Um, we had that blocked punch uh, that the Vikings offense also failed to really capitalize off of too much, but yeah. it was an ugly win. Both defenses came to play, uh, but the Vikings found a way they're able to get big splash plays from uh, their uh Air offense and a couple of splash yeah. plays from Dalvin Cook. And, you know, another gross Vikings win. Not much. Shout out to Justin
2: Jefferson, it. bro.
3: He's going to get it. He's going to get it. I think he's got a shot. Like, bro,
2: I'm rooting for it. He's 200, 200, what, 240 or something like that. Yeah. I think
0: it's 208, isn't it?
2: 244. It might be 208. 244. Okay, I not know he
0: gets
1: it this, <laughs> Better not hope he gets it this week, Pete. For fantasy purposes, <laughs> I know, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's what, like 26, 26 catches away from the record, I think? Yeah, something, something like that.
2: that. I mean, he's, he's, he's close to both records. So yeah,
0: I think he's like 13. He needs to average 13 in the last two games or something like that. Dude, I Let can me see him guys, getting this, it. Tony and then uh, Pete and Blake, you guys can chime in also. Does it worry you that the vikings are constantly in these closed games or is it like no the fact that they're able to win these closed games is better for them going into playoffs or do you wish you 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 could see a little more dominance on
3: the I, I i i would be remiss if i told you i wasn't hoping for one of these games to be a multiple score win just to kind of you know be like okay we can be a win bit of we,
2: yeah yeah
3: That being said, the fact that they just keep winning close games tells me that this team has something special and it's not quantifiable. If you look at the Viking stats, they're pretty mediocre in most places, except for passing offense. That's been the one saving grace of this team is their passing offense. And even that hasn't been top three, top two by any stretch of the imagination. It's mostly been justin jefferson and what everybody else can kind of chip in on any given game you've seen it with all of the other receivers and tight ends on that team but they did they just have something i don't know what it is where they're able to win in close games and it kind of just says like you have to blow this vikings team out to beat them and even if you do blow them out if you let your foot off the gas for a second all of a sudden they're they're, they're just crawling back into it and If if you have a a two-score, three-score lead on them going into the third or the fourth, it's not safe. They'll figure out some way to do it. They get turnovers. They get big splash plays from their skilled players. You've seen Dalvin Cook get big runs, big screen passes at the end of games. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawk, they have all these playmakers that can just come out of nowhere and get them big chunk plays, and all of a sudden you're looking at a one-score game. And you have to get a first down to put them out of the game.
2: And they – Yeah, I'll I'll chime in uh, as well real quick. I know Tony said, you know, obviously you'd like to see these blowouts, these multiple score games. But, dude, I'm a big fan of seeing teams fight in these close games and being able to pull it out. You know, being a Cowboys fan, you know, a lot of the past couple years, we get into a close game, bro, and we blow it. We lose it. Um so I, I love to see teams be able to grind out these close games. They make plays when the plays matter. They don't fold. You know, they, they just keep the fight in them, and they come back and win. So, I mean, personally, me, I like it, bro. I don't know. I'm sure Blake kind of feels similar because they've had a lot of close games. And ultimately, you want to just be able to get the win, bro. I mean, you can go out there and dominate, but then they're going to get a little bit of the hype, and they're going to feel like they're, they're the best. And then they go out there and play, and they'll get smacked in the mouth. So with these close games, bro, I feel like you kind of avoid that most of the time. You know,
1: to chime in as well, I think it's a big – it's a good thing to be in these close games. As far as playoffs go and how the Vikings – how I've seen it a little bit recently, they cannot go down by two possessions in the playoffs and try to make that comeback. And that's that's not – I don't see that as winning more than one game in the playoffs doing that type of thing. Um, If they can keep it close throughout the whole game, they show that they can do anything and be able to win any game and be able to win those close games, but they cannot go down by more than two possessions against a team like the Cowboys, a team like the Eagles, like the top teams in the NFC. You could do something like that against the Giants, which I do think Minnesota Vikings will end up playing the Giants in the first round. Um, You can do something like that, but against the top-tier teams, I'm a little worried if they go down by multiple possessions, can they truly come back in the playoffs when it truly matters most?
0: Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I I think a win's a win, so no matter how how you get it done, I think it's important that you're able to get those wins and grind them out, which they obviously have. And to your point, Blake, I agree. Once you get into the playoffs, it's a lot more difficult to come back. But if any team can do it, Looks like the Vikings are one of those teams that can. Um, Jumping on to the next team, the Raiders, who we touched on a little bit with our conversation about Derek Carr being benched. It was this game that led to his benching. It was the Raiders' loss to the Steelers on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, this was yet yeah, another game like many games this season where we led and dominated and had control for the majority of the game. But as the game went on, you kind of, you could kind of tell we weren't scoring. We didn't score in the second half. We scored 10 points. Our opening drive, we scored a touchdown to Hunter Renfro by halftime. We kicked another field goal and the second half. We didn't score at all Derek Hart threw three interceptions and one touchdown. And like I said earlier, Derek Hart didn't play well, you know, at all there's no denying that the one interception that came off Foster Moreau's hands obviously wasn't his fault but he was obviously missing Devontae Adams down the sideline a couple times he was throwing it a little bit behind Hunter Renfro he was overthrowing it his passes were sailing and it's just another disappointing collapse on the Raiders part and I think a lot of it is coaching because the defense did its job and Josh Jacobs said it best after the game in his, in his interview, he said it was bullshit. You know, it's bullshit that they're constantly in these kind of positions that, you know, they're putting in the work and, you know, their, eff- their efforts aren't being noticed. And Josh Jacobs, someone who clearly has been the best running back this season, as far as first downs and yards, he's, he's been a monster. We weren't giving him the ball and, you know, it it's, it's clear to see the frustration on a lot of the players. And like I said, a lot of it is on card. This was one of those games where I even told you guys, this was one of the first times that I was like, okay, we might be ready to move on from Derek card because of how bad he played. Like the game wasn't on anybody else when it came to his throws. So it's, it's a little bit disappointing, but you know, you, you hear players like Josh Jacobs and you see the demeanor of the team and I can't help but think that Josh Jacobs is out. And, I mean, there's nothing really else to say about this game. Look at the Rams game. Look at the Cardinals game. I mean, any game you could basically pick out and just see that we were winning and then collapse at the end. What would you guys make of the Raiders' loss against the Steelers this past weekend? And, I mean, I don't really think there's anything much else to say. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you bench, you bench your starting quarterback, like you're obviously throwing in the white flag. So, I don't know. Do you, let me ask you guys this: do you, do you do you see Josh Jacobs coming back? No. No,
2: <laughs> no reason to.
0: Yeah, no, I do. No. He's got only. Back. I mean,
2: it could look juicy for him to come back if y'all get a. You know, somebody like Aaron Rodgers for a year or two, you know, back with Devontae Adams, something that thinks he can win a championship with y'all or at least make a run. I think that's the only thing that will get him to come back. But if if y'all are going to go with the rookie quarterback out of the draft or Jarrett Stidham and it not be Derek Carr or some other quarterback like Rodgers or something, I don't think he'll come back. But if they can show him, hey, we're going to get Rodgers this year, you know, we're going to draft defensively or whatever they want to do, I think it's possible he comes back. But then again, they might not give him what he wants, bro. I mean, what's he going to want, a a five-year deal? He's going to want a long deal, and the Raiders aren't going to want to do that.
1: I don't think it's about winning right now. I think it's more of a – it's his first contract extension or being able to explore and make that money. I think it's a matter of the only way Raiders (laughs) keep him is they have to pay him more than every other team in the NFL is. And they didn't show too much faith with not giving him that fifth-year option. They also made that mistake by not giving him that fifth-year option. Um, So I think the only way Raiders can keep him up is by showing confidence in him, by giving him, like, top five running back money.
2: So do you think he would go to a bad team? I know the Texans have Damian Pierce, but, like, Say they were looking for a running back. Do you think he'd go to a bad team like that for the money? I think, it, I think if he threw, they threw him the right price. I hundred percent think. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, especially with running backs, running backs don't really ever get a second contract. Exactly. I, after their rookie contract, they get that one first big contract, and after that, it, it, it's not common for running backs to get them. So it would be foolish in my opinion, for Josh Jacobs to not take to a discount somewhere else. like
2: y'all better, y'all better call Tony Pollard, baby.
0: If he can convince, them, like, you know, if we can convince him, hey, maybe take two mil less to come with us. But, you no. know, same thing. We're, we're trying to keep you as the leading rusher. Obviously, you're the focal point of our offense. We're going to give you, excuse me, as much help defensively as we can. We'll bring in another quarterback to try and alleviate some of that pressure. But on it it just doesn't make sense. We could technically franchise tag him as well if we really wanted to. But, I mean, I could see a team maybe like the Eagles throwing that kind of money at him where they have their two receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They have their tight end in Dallas Goddard. They have their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. They have a really good O-line. Miles Sanders is a free agent like – why wouldn't? They? Well, that shit'
2: gonna be seventy seventy five million just for hurts and Jacobs back there, boy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> but, I, hey, dang, it, I don't know.
0: Not saying that that's the team he's gonna <laughs> end up with, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to just wherever Josh Jacobs goes, I just hope he continues to play well and he keeps it up because, again, I feel like the Raiders have done him a disservice for the most part. Uh That being said, Blake, your Ravens won. The battle of the birds with the Falcons. Uh, Gus Edwards had 99 yards rushing. (laughs) And you guys were the def, your defense was the definition of bend but don't break again, only giving up three field goals and no touchdowns. What do you make of your guys' team win without Lamar? Obviously, you guys are still trying to get healthy. You locked in your playoff. What do you guys, what do you make of this win? And, you know, what does that bring as far as excitement for the playoffs? It was,
1: a, it was a good win. I mean, it was it was a great win. I mean, it was nice to finally see. I, I, you guys, as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Greg Roman, but he finally stuck to the run game. It's it's it feels great to see Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins back. That two headed monster is just it's hard yeah, to stop. It's so hard to stop. And and when Lamar Jackson comes back, it's just it's really going to be almost unstoppable. They haven't played together those three Gus, Lamar, and J.K. since 2020 season. It's 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 been it's it's been a long time to see them all play. I'm hoping Lamar comes back. We all hear those rumors that that he should be hold out for the rest of the season, but we'll see. But it was nice to see Greg Roman actually throw the ball to the end zone. It, we got to the red zone, and we actually would throw the ball into the into the end zone, try to get a touchdown. It wasn't yeah. as conservative as he usually is. Of course, going back to it, we only scored seventeen points. I mean, it's a it's a jump up from what we've done in the last couple weeks, but we still need to be much better in the red zone to be able to win a game in the playoffs. It doesn't matter if we play the Jacksonville Jaguars, if we play the Tennessee Titans. Whoever it is, I don't see us winning a playoff game without us scoring into the red zone.
0: Yeah, what do you make of Tyler Huntley's performance? Uh, so you know, since Lamar's been out,
1: it's been up and down. I mean, last year when he came in for Lamar, he definitely played a lot better. Um, I mean, he didn't win any games last year. Don't, he won one game last year, starting, but he played in five. Stats-wise, he looked a lot better. He looked a lot more comfortable last year. This year, he doesn't look comfortable. He's hesitating on throws. Mark Andrews is getting pissed off. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's I, I'm a big fan of Tyler. I, I do think he can – he's never going to be a, a starting quarterback in this league or a consistent franchise quarterback, but I think he could be someone like We
2: said that about Geno.
1: And that's what I was going to say. could be someone like Geno. I think Geno this year is is Tyler Huntley's peak. That's his yeah. ceiling. That's the highest he can go. I don't see him being able to be a franchise quarterback for really any team, but I do see him as like the number one backup quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tony, what do you make of the Ravens so far? Obviously, like we mentioning, they haven't been healthy, so they've been playing with Tyler Huntley. but you think it bodes well for them at the fact that they're in the playoffs, they're starting to play a little bit better, and Lamar's coming back. What do you what do you, how do you see the Ravens performing?
3: Um, I could see the Ravens uh, potentially winning a playoff game depending on uh, who was put in front of them. The truth of the matter is is that Lamar Jackson was in MVP conversations at the beginning of this season. Um, and though the offense has had some woes, I think that has more to do with the coaching staff. Like Blake has been lamenting about Greg Roman's play calling all year. I think it has more to do with that than it has to do with the talent on the field. I think they have a really good running game because they have arguably the best running quarterback in football and two good quality starting running backs at their disposal. Yeah, And they have a great defense. They've really been able to get the most out of Roquan Smith on the defensive side of the ball. And he's been a revelation for them. Uh, And it, 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 you see that a lot from the Ravens historically good defense, good running game. And I think they'll continue to perform at what we would consider the expectation is for that team is for them to be a playoff team competing in games with how top heavy the AFC is right now. They could end up, being stuck running into one of the top three, ten, three teams. You're looking at the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs. All three of those games are losable games for them. I think all three, they have the potential to win. But with the other powers in the AFC, they are hoping that they don't <clears> have <throat> to play one of those teams in the first round um, if they want to make a, a real deep playoff push. If they beat one of those teams, I'm sure Blake will be really happy.
0: But they would tell you hella shit.
3: They, they'll, they'll be competitive for sure. They'll, they'll be able to play teams tough because they just play a real
1: smash-mouth brand of football. Yeah. That's, that's barring perfect. all Lamar Jackson coming back.
0: No, I mean, it's tough too because the AFC, I feel like, is so deep this season as as far as those playoff teams go. I mean, literally from one through seven, any of those teams can be any of those teams it feels like. Pete, speaking of birds, you guys played the Eagles in what was a highly anticipated matchup. Obviously, the news of Jalen Hurts not playing was a, was a big factor into how this game was going to play out. But Gardner Minshew came in, he played well, he filled those shoes extremely well, and it was a back and forth, high scoring affair with you guys coming out forty thirty four at the end. What did you make of? your guys' is win against the Eagles, and I think, like, is it fair to say that we all want to see a healthy matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles in the playoffs?
2: Nah, bro. I mean, everybody wants to see that. Everybody wants to... And, and it, it would be in a divisional round. So, I mean, it would just mean that much more. You win and you go to the uh, NFC Championship. So, I think... Oh, <clears throat> I'll make it quick. So, I think it was. A, I think it was. A, it was obviously a high scoring game. I think what made me the most excited was Dak's mental fortitude, bro. After throwing a pick six yeah. at the beginning of the fucking game and going down 10-0 immediately, for him to come out and for his next next two drives go ten for ten, a hundred and like five yards and a touchdown. And then for the rest of the game after the pick six, 25 for 32, 335 yards, three touchdowns, 142 passer rating. After throwing a pick six, his second pick six in the past four passes. So to go out there and do that on a fully healthy Eagles defense. Yeah, I know they lost Maddox later in the game, but the Eagles defense is at full strength. The best secondary in the league per the stats. um, I mean, I know they don't have Gardner Johnson, but they're only missing one player on defense, but arguably the best secondary in the league. Yeah. One of the best defenses overall. They played great all year. He was the first 300-yard passer. We were the highest scoring team on that defense all year. So I think our offense played well, and Dak really took the game over, bro. I mean, they took away our running game. We got Zeke and Tony back there. They they averaged 2.2 yards a carry, so Dak had to put that game on his fucking shoulders. When it comes to our defense, um, there was two, really one fumble that was just given to us, um, on the on a bad handoff. Uh, the other fumble we caused, and the two interceptions. I don't know if y'all seen them. They're pretty crazy interceptions. Uh, both of them reaching over, well, one of them reaching over the the, the receiver. The other one is hitting the receiver as he touched the ball, taking it from a midair. Um yeah. so some, the, minus the one fumble. I think it was uh it was a good defensive game. I mean, I know we gave up 34, but look at that offense, bro. I mean, they they got Goddard back. That he was a fucking problem. Devontae Smith was a problem. Devontae um, Smith was AJ nice. Brown AJ Brown caught that one big catch. Uh but other than that, I mean, Diggs locked him down for the rest of the game for the most part. So we we held Miles Sanders for a pretty a pretty uh mediocre game. Gardner Minshew is good. We know he's a good backup. We know that system is good. He went out there and threw for three hundred something yards, three total touchdowns. So overall, I mean, it was a, I enjoyed the game. I mean, falling down by ten points twice in that fucking game and still coming back to win it. I mean, it shows a lot for the team. I know I said I like to win close games, and as a Cowboys fan. There's been a couple games this year, Texans games specifically, that we always fucking lose. Historically, for the past decade, we lose. We lose these fucking close games. <clears throat> but, I mean, other than that, bro, I mean, it was exciting. I hope we get to see a fully healthy game in the playoffs. I mean, as of, right, as of right now, we beat their backup and they beat our backup, both fairly close games. So if they get Jalen Hurts back and we get our defensive players back, because we, we don't really have many injuries on offense right now, other than Tony Pollard. But I mean, I can just I, I just gotta hope we can beat the Bucks in the first round and see the Eagles in the second.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you guys' offense isn't really a question at this point. You guys, consistently... we scored forty
2: forty points four times in the last six games. Well, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, for Dak to have a wide receiver one and no clear wide receiver two, I mean, that's that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, like like I said, like you guys have obviously been scoring points all season long i i think the defense you guys created some turnovers, so that was big but yeah i definitely think it leaves a little bit because your defense hasn't been playing as well as the beginning of the season and you guys have given up yeah. 30 points in the past two weeks but i mean there's no question dax playing playing ridiculously well and obviously as soon as that pick six happened everybody kind of started freaking out like oh here we go the cowboys are about yeah. to ruin it and lose to the eagles but no, like you said, he, he turned it around, he played well, and the Eagles are... And C.D. CD Lamb, bro,
2: I mean, C.D. looked great. I talked shit on him at the beginning of the season because, I mean, obviously losing Amari and that shit, fucking we, we lost him for a bag of Skittles, bro. I mean, we didn't get fucking nothing in return for him. So to have C.D. who wasn't ready to be a wide receiver one, now coming out here and being a top 10 receiver, he's what, six or seven on the receiving yardage list. He has eight touchdowns. He averages, I want to say the second most per catch my, behind Jalen Waddle. So for him to come out there and play that way against that defense, uh, that really shows a lot. Cause other than the big T Y Hilton catch, I mean, in a one Michael Gallup touchdown and a couple of Schultz catches, I mean, he was really, he was pretty much the offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I think it was a good win it was one it was one you guys needed, and I think even with Jalen hurts out, they've been the best team this season, so I think it was important for you guys to come out and win that and to put up the amount of points that you did on like you said, a really good defense is impressive in itself, but that's definitely a matchup that we do all wanna see come playoffs, and hopefully both teams are all healthy when it if and when that matchup happens, jumping into our game preview. <clears throat> Tony, your Minnesota Vikings are facing the Packers, who are quietly trying to sneak into the playoffs. And everything that has, everything that they've needed to happen in order for that to happen, has happened. So you know, to this point, thus far, what do you guys need to do to spoil the Packers' playoff push? And how do you guys stay consistent in winning, regardless if it's? A close game like usual.
3: I think the um, uh, the key to beating this Packers team is going to be our defense. If we can continue to get some pressure in on Aaron Rodgers and get in the backfield and break up some of the plays, I think that that will do us the best service that we can at uh, handedly winning this game against the Packers. But the way I think the game is going to go, I think that this is going to be another one-score game for the Vikings here. The Packers have started to find their rhythm offensively. This is a completely different Packers team. At least it feels completely different than when we faced them week one. Um, They were really out of sorts. There was all this turmoil over the offseason. And there's just that classic Packers looking ugly the first game Of the year with Aaron Rodgers I don't know Why I think it's all the ayahuasca He does over the offseason But he (laughs) he comes to that First game week one and he (laughs) Looks rough so We're going to see a different Rodgers we're going to see A different receiving core and I think We're going to see a different defense Um, But the biggest hurdle For the Packers Is going to be Stopping Justin Jefferson they were unable to do it week one Jair Alexander um, was completely burnt by Justin Jefferson so if the Packers want any chance of winning this game they're going to have to stop the Vikings passing attack they're going to have to get pressure on Kirk Cousins and not let Justin Jefferson take over another game in the second half so I I think it's going to be a shootout I think it's going to be a great division rivalry game In Lambeau Um, I've been checking the weather I don't think there's going to be a ton of snow I think uh, it's actually going to be Pretty decent outside for this coming game Um, At least from what I've seen Which is kind of a shame I was hoping for a a big snow game I was hoping for a winter classic But it's still going to be Classic NFC North game I'd probably take the Vikings winning this one 24-21 against the Packers
0: Yeah, I, I mean I I agree. I think it'll be a close game. Something just tells me that the Packers just want to make this just extremely interesting. And although you guys' defense has been playing better, Rodgers has been playing better. Like you mentioned, I don't think it's the same Packers team as it was in the beginning of the season. I feel like everything's like telling me to, me to go Packers. So I feel like much-
3: all three of y'all are about to go Packers here. <laughs> I, I,
0: I think Christian Watson has a big game. Mm-hmm. I think Christian Watson, you know, is going to do his thing. I think he has at least a touchdown. I think Aaron Jones has this touchdown. But I think <laughs> the Packers win in a close one. Same score, 24-21 Packers.
3: Do you guys both agree with Steve? Do you think it's going to be the Packers? I just want to know. Dude.
2: I'll try to move first. I do
1: think this is going to be a, <laughs> a Packers win. I do think it's going to be a shootout. I agree with you guys completely. But I am. Steve literally took the words out of my mouth. I think this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers classic. I think this is going to be a game between Christian Watson and Justin Jefferson. Uh, I have this being even more of a shootout than you guys have it. I have this 34 31 Packers. And mm. I, I, I really think that. The end of the close game one touchdown streak is done with the Vikings. All
3: right, all right, Pete, Pete,
2: dude. <laughs> I'm gonna take the Vikings. I'm gonna oh. take. An, I, I think I'm. A, I, I think you I'm gonna take. You're,
0: you're Viking,
3: Vikings are three and a <laughs> half point underdogs again.
2: <laughs> what I, what I want what i think the reason i'm going to take it is the way the vikings have been playing oh, it's so hard bro i mean the vikings have been playing good enough to win these games you know they don't they don't give up
1: it's in lambo remember
2: i know it's in lambo you're gonna hear chance I, I want to believe in rogers bro but i think i know you say the packers want it more but i think the vikings have something to prove bro to go out there and beat the Packers when they're playing better and knock them out of the playoffs. <laughs> I think that I just think that'd be so, that'd be, that would mean so much for the team. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to go probably something like I'm going to do thirty-one twenty-eight. I love Vikings. that.
3: I love that. Listen, mark my but words. Justin
2: Jefferson gonna <laughs> get clammed. <laughs> You think you think he's gonna get clamped? That would be so. No, that'd be such. So I'm going to get. I'm I'm going against him in the championship. Hey, so. for your
1: fantasy, you're going against Aaron Rodgers and Justin Jefferson, so you better it's watch a lose, know. lose. <laughs> he's hoping for a defensive game. Yeah, he's hoping for a nine to six. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll be resting our starters against the Bears.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad. Even if the Vikings do lose, I don't think it's a bad loss. I. Similar to when the Packers beat the Cowboys. I think it's just it's gonna be that Aaron Rodgers magic and I think pizza bum for yep. choosing the Vikings. Even though I do think it's a possibility, I oh, think it'd just I, Don't I mean, walk it, it back now. Come on. It it just it would have been better if he would have stuck the three to one. Hey, I,
1: I, I, I don't doubt the Vikings winning, but it's just something in me telling me that Aaron Rodgers is gonna have his best game of the season.
2: I, I think I want, some- see, and I wanna believe that, bro, because the the path that the Packers are taking, it just looks like they're going to sneak in. It just feels mm-hmm. like they're going to exactly. make it in, and we're going to get a Rodgers playoff win or something. You know, <laughs> exactly. I just, like, sure I know does. the NFL wants that, bro. I know the NFL is trying to get that. I just – I want to see Kurt go out there and fucking put it down, bro. Good. <laughs> just imagine,
3: all right, the Vikings are managed to stiff-arm the Packers from making the playoffs. It's beautiful. It's like poetry in motion. It just – has and to happen.
0: T- take it from a Raider fan who prevented the Chargers from going to the playoffs <laughs> last season. It's a good feeling. And it's not a good feeling when the other team makes it the next year and your team doesn't. Uh, <laughs> that being said, let's move on to the Raiders preview against the 49ers on New Year's Day. Obviously, mm. obviously the big news is the benching of Derek Carr, so now you have Jared Stidham starting against arguably the scariest defense the scariest team within the last month or two in the NFL and the 49ers you know I'm be honest here I don't see a lot of good happening for the Raiders here if the Raiders Fuck no. if the Raiders won this game I'd be surprised it's gonna and, be
2: three0 it's gonna be three and let me let me
0: say this because I'll be 100 percent honest here if Derek Carr played this game I one hundred percent would have chose the Raiders to win because I feel like Derek Carr just Come has on, that. L- listen, listen, just listen, listen to what I am saying. It though, <laughs> Derek Carr sucks against shitty teams. Okay, that's that's not a surprise, but he he does perform well against better teams and in clutch situations and at home. Not saying we would have for sure won or anything, but I would have I would have picked the Raiders to upset the Forty Nine ers just because I feel like Derek Carr has that. It adds that little bit to it, but he's not. So it's a moot point. Instead, we have Jared Stidham. You know, they're going to focus on Josh Jacobs. They're going to focus on the run. They're going to fill the box up, make force Jared Stidham to make good throws, and Nick Bosa, I feel like, is just going to continue his defensive player of the year campaign. I think Nick Bosa adds two sacks, a forced fumble. I don't see us moving the ball very well, and yeah, there's not, a, there's just not a lot. Unfortunately, because our playoff hopes are still technically alive, I, I want to say something to like try and give us a little bit of hope. I just don't see how we win this game. The Forty Nineers. Do you just, think?
2: Do you think y'all can score a touchdown? <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead ass, bro. I'm That's playing. what makes it
0: possible. It's disrespectful think, thing I heard. <laughs> why do you think I paused? There was a reason why I was so paused. So Steve got to think about it. I'm you,
2: if Derek Carr was out there, y'all score. I th- I mean, I would truly really believe that. But with Jared Stidham out there, bro, I don't know if y'all get, or I don't know if y'all make it to the red zone.
0: I'm going to say no. Okay. And I'm not and I'm not trying to be a hater because oh, Derek Carter got benched, he's a Derek Carter stand, you know, hashtag car wars, what no, like I'm just looking at it as clearly as I can. We haven't been able to score the ball well this entire season. Derek Carter is a million times better than Jared Stidham. You can't convince me of it otherwise. I mean, Even you if said Jared
2: Baker Mayfield would fucking suck, dude.
0: I still think Baker Mayfield sucks. <laughs> but that's that's the he just got Nathaniel Hackett fired, bro. You know what? Yeah. He, I he damn
3: add. near got Josh McDaniels <laughs> fired
0: too, bro. Hey, I've been trying to put the Broncos at 32 all year long. And, and Baker, did Baker, did it, Baker did it for, me, for you, bro. So. <laughs> maybe I'm not that mad, but yeah, honestly, I just, I don't see as how we can score that, that team, that defense is just fast and dominant. I just don't see if we score, we score one touchdown, maybe, but. Outside of that, I don't know. you. Anybody on the we, – we suck against the 49ers as it is. So uh, I have the 49ers winning this game pretty fucking easily. I think they just run the ball. Uh, let's say 24-9 49ers. Blake? Give
2: me the Raiders by two scores um, for sure. You I mean, not Raiders, the Niners, <laughs> <my bad. laughs> I was
3: like, I can't do that to a
0: that.
3: I thought he was just saying that to fuck with us. <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: the Niners, yeah, give me the give me the Niners by two scores, bro, at least. I mean, I yeah. honestly think it'll be something around 21, 28, so probably like three or six. But I think if in the off chance it is a closer game, it'll be by at least two scores.
1: I have this game as a 28. 20- I'll give it, yeah, twenty eight ten. I do think Raiders will score one touchdown. Um, I don't think it's going to be something that looks great. I think it's going to be more of like a jump ball to Mac Collins or a jump ball to Devontae <laughs> Adams, and they make a great play. I don't see them driving down the field consistently, um, but I do think this is going to be the the Brock Purdy four touchdown
0: game. I think
2: I think. Damn. From, from there, from there. <laughs> Sports I need are- a big Kittle game, baby. Big uh, Kittle and, game again. I, yeah.
0: I, normally, I would agree with you, Blake, because like I said, we have a history of just sucking against the 49ers. It doesn't matter. CJ Beathard, I think, threw four touchdowns on us one year on Thursday night, and they fucking scored like 50-something points. So normally I would agree with you. I just think it's such an easy game to them that they're yeah. just going to run the – it'll be like two touchdowns for Purdy. They're just going to run that shit. Just- Don't get me wrong.
1: I think they're going to run down the field, but I think once it hits the red zone, I think Brock Purdy is going to – Gonna throw some touchdowns. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna have a, yard, a lot of yards throwing the ball, passing yards. But I think he's gonna have like a, a four touchdown game. Yeah.
0: Honestly, 180 really. yards passing, three rushing touchdowns, touchdowns, one passing touchdown.
1: Perfect passer rating.
0: <laughs> Tony, what's your score?
3: I'm googling right now to see if any team in NFL history has scored zero points twice in a season, <laughs> and I can't figure it <laughs> out. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have. You don't the think we'll get a hoping... field goal at
0: home?
2: We no. have the second
0: best kicker in the NFL. You don't think we'll get at least a field goal?
2: I think y'all lose this. This whole. 20... Oh no, Steve! Brett Maher looked pretty good last
0: week, didn't he? Let's not talk about Brett Maher. <laughs> <laughs> it's too One... soon. <laughs> 28... I'm at a thousand bucks thanks to him. Sorry, Tony.
3: Let Let's go. Uh the 49ers 28 to 0. Brock Purdy, <laughs> Brock Purdy exits the game in the third quarter after having a perfect passer rating and <laughs> three touchdowns. And the the 49ers B squad comes out. And maybe that's how you guys end up scoring the touchdown, but I now, I, I, I y'all could get blown you y'all could have a donut this game, I think.
0: Gr- granted, the defense has been playing well, so I I do want to you know, give them that little vote of confidence there is that they have been playing extremely well recently. So I don't think they'll have sex. And Max Crosby or Kyle Shanahan even came out and said he thinks Max Crosby's Max Crosby has been the second best defensive player this year behind Nick Bosa, obviously his player. It's an argument.
2: It's just an argument. He's been been good. But Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, I, I don't see it being pretty either. That being said, Blake, your Ravens are facing the team that the Raiders lost to last week in in the Steelers, it's another divisional game for you guys. Pickett looked extremely, I mean, he looked good on that last drive against the Raiders, but I also don't want to say that when he just dink and dunked his way completely down on the softest cover two defense I've ever seen. That being said, though, the Steelers are playing better. They're still trying to fight for, for a playoff spot. Is Lamar coming back this game? And even if he doesn't, what 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 do we expect out of this matchup?
1: I don't, th- to be honest, I don't think Lamar's coming back this game. I think if he does, he comes back for the Bengals, for the fight for the AFC North. Um, this game is just going to be real sweet for me. Just like how you guys were talking about Minnesota knocking out the Packers. This is the chance <laughs> for the Ravens to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs which would just be so great for me. No matter how bad or how good the Steelers are, I just I can't stand them. So, But we recently played them week 14 um, just a couple weeks ago, and we knocked out Kenny Pickett. Roquan Smith with the sack just knocked <laughs> him out. So um, I, I do think we're going to win this game not pretty easily, but it's we win everything by an ugly win.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: I do think this will be a two-possession game. I think our offense – gets to the 20 points finally for the first time in like six or seven weeks. Um, And I do think the Ravens defense keeps that streak of going of four games in a row for holding an opponent from 14 points or less. Um, So I do have this game being a 21 to 10 game with the Ravens winning at night, prime time at nighttime.
0: Yeah, I I actually have it similar again. I, you said it best. You guys don't blow anybody out for the most part. Even I think you guys control this game. I think you guys maintain control of the game for the most part. I think you guys get to the twenties. Also, I I have it a twenty twenty to ten Ravens win pretty, pretty easily.
2: Yeah, bro. I got a, a seventeen to fourteen ra- Ravens win. I think uh I think George Pickens and Pat Fireman do get a touchdown though. I think they for the most part shut down uh, Najee Harris.
3: Tony, Um, I probably have a similar score to Pete. I probably say 18 to 14 uh, and just a close game. You guys just don't quite get to 20, but you like sniff it a little
1: bit. (laughs) 18 points. You're saying we're going to have six Justin Tucker
0: field goals. What's funny is Tony, I, Tony, I swear I was going to say 18, 10 Ravens. And I, in my head, I'm like, how are they going to get to 18 points?
1: That's
3: And, and score a touchdown,
0: and score a touchdown. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just go 20.
3: They'll go for two and miss. They'll, 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 <laughs> Greg Roman will think it's a big brain thing to go for two, like, tie, like seven to six, and
1: they, they won't and get and it. That's how what it happens. He'll do is, what Greg Roman will do is our only receiver out there will be Patrick Ricard at 355 <laughs> pounds as our number one receiver. So some dumb shit. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, I, I think the Ravens win this, this one pretty easily. Hopefully, Lamar, we see Lamar soon. Uh, that that last game is going to be big against the Bengals, like you said, for the division. Um, I want the Bengals to win just so I can say I was right about them winning the division. But the Ravens always tend to just play better right at the end of December and January. So it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah.
1: So the- Ravens are the quietest 10-win team in the NFL right now.
0: I would agree. I would agree to that. Pete, your Cowboys are playing a JV team, a practice squad team, a (laughs) high school team. I don't don't know what you would consider this. The Titans are literally missing damn near everybody on their team. Derrick Henry isn't playing. Uh, Tannehill. Tannehill, Simmons,
2: Simmons. Yeah. No. Simmons, yeah.
0: Um tell us what you expect <clears throat> from this game. I I I'd assume this is a game that most people expect you guys to win, to control, to kind of just dominate, get this win in the bag and then get ready for the last last week of the season. What what do you think?
2: Yeah, bro, that's kind of what I expect. Um I think we're 12 point favorites. I think we'll cover it. I think it'll probably be about it maybe about 14 points uh we'll win by I think our defense does have a better game. Uh, But I think Dak comes out there firing. I don't think he slows down until we go home, we get knocked out of the playoffs. Whatever happens, I think Dak will come out and continue firing. I think he'll have a pretty big game. Um, They said there's no more limit on T.Y. Hilton. So T.Y. Hilton will come out there and play a lot more. So maybe that's what I want to happen personally. I want him to come out, get some snaps, get comfortable with Dak, see if maybe it opens up the field a little bit more for Gallup. Um, cause dude, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm over Gallup. I know he makes some plays here and there, but the reason we paid him, he is not performing the way we expected him to. He should have stayed at a wide receiver three. That's where his fucking role is. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's a pretty good win. I mean, it's tomorrow night, Thursday night. I'm excited to watch it on Thursday night. Uh, we have our all white unis. But uh, shout out to the Vikings, bro, because they're unis in their field this past week, and that shit was fire. Um, I didn't know they were changing the field, but that shit looked good. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to go out there and see the white uniforms. Um, Give me the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know if we score 40 because I think we're going to try to get... I think we're going to get conservative if, if we get the lead and try to run it. But uh, give me...
0: yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I think you guys do end up getting a little conservative towards the end of it. Um, Blake mentioned it earlier. uh, Malik Willis just hasn't looked good. And you know what? That was his knock, that he was extremely raw coming out the draft. I mean, and their
2: offensive line is hurt, bro. So maybe the – I know there's all this talk about the Cowboys having one sack in the past what, two, three games. Um, we have a lot of pressures, but teams are preparing for that. They're getting their quarterback out the pocket. They're running these draw plays. Yeah. They're running quarterback runs You know, against us because we set the edge, they run up the middle. We come up the middle, and they roll out. Um, so I think we will get back on track, get a couple sacks this game, though.
0: Yeah, I, I think what I'm looking for from the... What I'm looking for from the Cowboys is just play, play a clean, efficient game. It's a game you're supposed to win. It's, it's supposed, you know, it's not supposed to be a difficult, difficult game. Don't have turnovers. Don't make this a closed game with penalties. And just do what you got to do. Get out of there. Get Stay healthy and get ready for the
2: playoffs. I'm excited to see Zeke in the in the running back role because uh, it's looking like Tony Pollard's not going to play. Uh, uh, he traveled with the team. They said he's going to work, uh, try to work it out in the pregame. And if he can't, then I think you sit him regardless. I don't even know why it's a question. I think you sit him because in the playoffs we're gonna need his explosiveness. He goes out there and gets fucking hurt again, bro. That will be tragic. Yes, yeah, that'd so, be a big loss. Yeah, get, give me the same thing with same thing with Micah. I mean, he's he's questionable. They said he was gonna play. He had a cast on his hand, no MRIs or anything. They said it wasn't needed, but if for some reason he feels uncomfortable out there, bro, I think you I think you put him on the bench too. I don't think you play him either if he's hurt.
0: Yeah, no. Nah, like we said, it's an easy game. There's there's no point in risking it. Give me give me the Cowboys twenty eight ten over the Titans. I think the tit- I think Malik Willis has a couple plays where he gets out of the pocket, makes something happen. But overall, I think it's a dominant performance. Tony, what do you have? The Cowboys, and then Blake, give us your score.
3: Um, I would probably take the Cowboys twenty eight fourteen. I think they lead the game for the most of the majority of it and then malik willis scores a garbage time touchdown to make it to 14
1: ah man i wanted to take titan so bad until derrick henry was doubtful yeah. i thought this was going to be a tr- classic derrick henry 200 plus yard game two touchdowns but if he doesn't play, I don't. Even if he plays, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's going to be much of a factor. Um, so I have the Cowboys winning this. I have it. I kind of agree with Pete when it comes down to the conservative part. Uh, so I don't have this as being as super high score. I have this being like a twenty-four to six game. Dallas Cowboys win.
2: One thing I do not want to see happen. I'm fine with this being conservative, but like. If we get into a, you know, a first down and we don't get no yards, I do want to see them throw it. I don't want to see them run it three times in a fucking row and then punt the ball. Uh, and I don't want to see Dak. I don't want to see Dak go to the bench and bring in Cooper Rush unless we're up by three scores or more. I think you try to keep a momentum. You need to get that offense clicking. Because if the defense keeps performing like this and letting up thirty points, bro, you got to score damn near every possession against a playoff team. Yeah, if if you can, so you got to at least keep the ball moving. If if it's not Tony Pollard, like if he somehow does play, if it's if he goes to the bench, that's fine. But I really don't want to see any of the starters go to the bench. Besides, maybe C D Lamb, since T Y Hilton will be healthy, but I don't think we see that because Jalen Tolbert, James Washington, they've been inactive, so. We don't and we'll, have many receivers on the roster.
1: We'll just say this: your receivers are going to struggle this year. Jerry Jones is going to look at that Terrell Owens wanting to come back. <laughs> Dude,
2: he better. Not
1: Owens
2: be the new number two,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's <Dude>. be easy. <laughs> You know how? You know, I don't want them to sign him, but if it was like a vet minimum and he came out there and scored a touchdown, bro, <laughs> that shit would be dope. It literally
0: just be like. Alright, TL, run a quick <laughs> slant. Zach will put it right in your belly. That's it. Yeah, I mean that that being said, I think that pretty much wraps up our game recaps um for this week's coming games. We're gonna take our last little break before we jump into our power rankings. Um we only have two more episodes as far as the regular season, so next week we'll probably do our playoff pictures after the games and you know, really see who we think are Super Bowl contenders and which ones are pretenders. And I think these next couple weeks will definitely define that for us. So we'll take our last little break before we jump into our power rankings and we'll see you guys in a few. Welcome back, everybody here with our power rankings for week 17. We'll start at the bottom and work our way back up, like always. At number 32, we have the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett's out. Thank you, Baker Mayfield. I've been pushing for that all season. The Texans are at 31. Colts are at 30. Bears are at 29. Cardinals at 28. J.J. Watt announces retirement, so we'll see what the Cardinals do this offseason. They have a lot of questions. The Falcons are at 27. Saints are at 26, who, surprisingly, we have them pretty low, but they still have a shot at the playoffs. So we'll see what the Saints can do, you know, coming here to end the season with the last two games. The Rams are at 25. Somehow Baker has been that spark. I'll admit I was wrong. You guys were right. You guys all thought Baker could do that for the Rams, and he has. So kudos to you guys. The Browns are at 24. Panthers at 23, who are playing extremely well behind Steve Wilkes. Foreman and Chuba Hubbard both had over 100 yards. Sam Darnold has played well since he came back, and they came out and said that they want Wilkes to be their head coach next season. So, good for the Panthers. They still have a chance at the division. They play the Buccaneers this week, and if they win, they would jump to the lead, being tied with them at seven and nine. Um, at 22, we have the Raiders with benching Derek Carr. They could probably they'll probably drop probably to those last. Seven spots within the end of the year. Uh, the Bucks are at twenty-one. I want to make it kind of quick, but this is something that I wanted to ask you about. Like the Bucks, just still aren't convincing to me, and it's really disappointing. Do you, do I, do any of you have any faith in the Bucks? No, not at the moment. No?
2: no, not really. No, but they I, are getting they are getting Jensen back, which would help them. But I mean, that's not their problem. Tom Brady's not really getting sacked. It's just they can't move the ball.
0: Yeah, they're struggling. The so
2: defense is not what they were supposed to be. So,
0: well, I'm glad we're all but, on the page uh, on that because I, I felt the same way. They just haven't been impressive. But the Patriots are at 20. They still have a shot as well. Steelers are at 19 after their win over the Raiders. The Titans are at 18. I can see them dropping even more. The Seahawks at 17. Commanders at 16 jets at 15 again the jets are i feel are a top 10 team that are just a quarterback away uh the lions are at 14 this was a team that a lot of people had up in their top 10 and you know after the loss last week to the panthers it kind of killed all that momentum that they had the packers we said that they're a team that we think they they are going to sneak in they're sitting there at number 13 and they have they face the vikings so we'll see if we can get some of that aaron Rodgers magic uh, the Giants are at number 12. They played the Vikings close this week. They still have a shot at the playoffs. The Jags are at number 11. Now, this the Jags, I thought we could have put at 10 ahead mm-hmm. of the Dolphins, if I'm being honest. You know, I stayed pretty consistent that I thought the Dolphins were a little overhyped all year long. I did not jump on the Tua bandwagon. I did not jump on the Tyreek Hill-Jalen Waddle duo. And Tua... My biggest thing with Tua has always been he's just too fragile. He's just too small. He gets too hurt. He doesn't have a strong enough arm, enough height, enough athleticism to make up the fact that he's such a small and fragile quarterback. But the Jags have been playing extremely well, and we're, we have them at 11, but like I said, I could see them easily be number 10. Um, the Ravens are at number 9. Chargers are at number 8. Tony – what do you make of the Chargers having this kind of late season resurgence here? I mean,
3: I I think that they just got healthy. That was the biggest thing for them. They got their receivers back and that was just enough to have them start winning some of these games that otherwise be losing. Just be able to have uh go-to consistent threats on the offensive end there. It really seemed like for the majority of the season, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler were tasked with carrying <clears> the <throat> offense. They got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back, so that's going to be a lot easier for them to win games just by having those two. Um, so yeah, they 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 look a lot better now that they're a little bit more healthy. They could be getting uh, Joey Bosa back here soon too.
0: Yeah, I it sucks
3: that. that Derwin James has that one game suspension. It would have been nice to have both those guys on the field out there, but um. Uh, you know, we'll see from this Chargers team if they can get Joey Bosa back and have him play how he was playing earlier this season. This season and last season, it would be a tremendous help for them on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, do you guys think that hit by Durham was dirty?
2: Hell yeah, that I love was to dirty see it especially. though, bro.
0: That's like <laughs> that, that's, ass,
2: that's, that's old that's old school football, bro. You love to see it, but. I mean, I understand protecting the players uh,
0: You know, it is my, what it is. Real quick, my biggest knock on Justin Herbert was that he hadn't made the playoffs. So for me, I'm excited to see him in the playoffs. I do want to ask you guys real quick. Personally, I feel like the Chargers are obviously better when Keenan Allen is healthy and in the game. I feel like he helps that team run. But if you guys had to pick one receiver, would you rather pick Keenan Allen or Mike Williams?
1: Mike Williams. Keenan. Right now. Right now, Mike Williams.
2: I'm mm. taking Keenan. Keenan's, Keenan's quicker. He's just them slants and go think, routes if or you're whatever.
1: Saying, if you're saying Keenan in his prime, I'm taking Keenan. But, like, this season
3: right now. I'm just now, saying, like, let's,
0: let's say this season ends. Next season, you have to pick a wide receiver one. You are taking Mike Williams or you taking Keenan Allen?
1: I'd probably take I, Mike Williams. Mike Williams for sure. To me, it's not even that close. The only reason is Keenan's on it is going to be, once again, not, he can't stay healthy, but two, he's going to, I feel like he's going to start coming down. I don't yeah. think he's, he's past his prime. Mike Williams, I feel like could be a top 10 receiver. He has a potential to be at least.
0: Mike Williams kind of reminds me of T Higgins. I mean, T Higgins to me is better, yeah. obviously, but. Cuts. I don't
1: even know about that. I think I T. Would Higgins is Williams. nice, bro. No, T Higgins is yeah, I'm,
2: t- I'm taking, I'm taking T over me, Mike. Me too. Bro. I think I might <laughs> even take <think>
3: Mike
1: Williams
0: <laughs> over T Higgins though. Both- Tony, who hey. you taking?
3: I probably take T Higgins, but I see what Blake's point is about Mike Will. If Mike Will has the the target shares, and you know, the health. I think that he could be better than T Higgins. He has the potential to be T Higgins where I feel like we've seen what T Higgins can be.
0: Yeah. But T Higgins is consistently like, and I think that's probably my only knock on Mike Williams is like, obviously Keenan Allen's health has been an issue his entire career, but Mike Williams is headed in a very similar direction. I mean, he deals with injuries every season that since he's been in the NFL. So but
1: even, even when he is playing, they don't throw him the ball. Like they throw- what, does he do?
0: what does he do better than Keenan
2: right now, though, besides a jump ball, a 50-50 ball?
1: Contested catches in, in general.
2: That's it. That's it.
1: I feel like he's a better uh, red zone threat. Mm-hmm. The only thing Keenan has on him is route running. That's it.
2: Yeah. But hey, Keenan's like, top five. You know guess. how important route running is. <laughs> no, it, you it, know it, how like, important that is.
1: And Keenan's like one my- of the...
3: I feel like Mike but, Williams might have a better release than Keenan, but Keenan's route running is so crisp that he can make up for slower, uh, slower starts at the snap. But I mean, we're kind of just splitting hairs. They're very like <laughs> yeah. equal in their talent.
0: Yeah, I, right. I just want—I was just curious because I, I, I think personally, I'd probably take Keenan. Maybe I'm with you. Maybe I, I think he just has we- a slight edge over Mike. Well, but if you're asking me, I'm taking T. Higgins over both of them. So. That being said, Tony, your Minnesota Vikings are at number seven. Again. Again.
1: Oh, you shouldn't be talking. Ravens are still at nine. <laughs> so, Pete, I got Cowboys
0: are at number six.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me
0: ask you guys a little bit. Like, are, you, are we pretty much settled in on our top five? Because, yes, you guys are top five caliber teams. But it's just so hard to say with how well those top five teams have been playing especially recently. Do you guys think you guys both are deserving to be right outside of it?
2: I think we're deserving to be right at the five spot. Yeah.
0: Who would you, you would put you over the Bengals?
2: I think it's, I think you are arguably you can. I mean, they scored their 22 points quick, but then they got shut out for a long fucking time. So, I mean, yes, they're, they're strong and they're powerful. They got a great team. I just think, I think it's arguable. I mean, I mean, their offensive line hasn't been as good. Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. I mean, they got Jamar Chase healthy. They got a good receiving core. But their their defense hasn't been as good as we thought it would be, you know, after last year. Offensive line what is better, but I think it's close. But I don't think you could put us above forty nine. the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, or the Niners right now, no. But I think we could go above the Bengals. But I don't mind the Bengals being ahead of us because, I mean, they're playing pretty hot right now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, we have them sitting there at number five. At number four, we have the 49ers. Tony, do you think they're they're sitting right where they should be at four, or can we make a case that they should be a little bit higher?
3: Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to put them ahead of the Chiefs quite yet, Um, just because those two teams did play this year, and the Chiefs did win. However, this was before and Brock see- Purdy was the – this is before Brock Purdy was the starter, and it was right after the CMC trade.
0: Yeah. I think
3: this team has gelled a lot more in the game since then, but I'm just not quite ready to take the Niners over the Chiefs. Brock Purdy is still an unknown commodity. He's been proving himself week in and week out, and he deserves his flowers, but we're still looking at a real small sample size with Purdy. We know what Mahomes can do we know what Josh Allen can do and the eagles can't really fall out of the the top 2 top 3 just because they still have the best record in the NFL they've been playing extremely consistently the niners just have a few blemishes earlier on the season where I, I just can't quite look past that and just no. be like yeah they should be at 3 they should be at 2 some people might even be putting them at 1 but they, they have the potential to be a dangerous team and, and win a Super Bowl, But right now, if I'm just evaluating how they played this season, I'd have them right at four.
1: Yeah. Just to, just to chime in on that, my personal opinion, I have the 49ers as the number one team in the NFC. In the NFC? NFC. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I personally, if I had to make these power rankings completely biasedly, I would be having the 49ers at number two right now. Um, but just based on how they've been playing, the transition from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy is honestly seamless. There was no real change. Um, I, I just it think, got better.
2: Yeah. and they're playing. They're playing just as good, if not better. And they don't even got Debo on the field,
1: bro. Exactly. And to be honest, I do believe they are the team to beat in the NFC. For sure, I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly, I would agree with that too. I would probably have them at two as well. Let me let me ask you guys this. Does the Jalen Hurts injury affect that at all? Because we have the Chiefs at three and the Eagles at two.
2: No, not really. Him healthy, I mean,
0: him healthy doesn't matter. You guys would still have the 49ers above him.
2: Yeah. I still yeah. Have, I mean, yeah. Jalen, Hur- Jalen Hurts has proved me wrong this year, bro, but I still think you put Gardner Minshew in there, that offense is still rolling as we've seen this week. They still put up 34 points. Yeah. I mean, Hurts has gone over 34 points, what, just once this year. So, I mean, I don't see the big difference. I mean, I see the difference in the quarterback play, but – As a whole, how the offense plays and the points they put up and move the ball, I don't see a huge difference in points that they would score. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: How do the the Eagles get penalized for that and the 49ers get praised for that? Because you guys both said you'd have the the Niners over them because –
2: I'd have the Niners over because I think they have the better overall team because their defense is better. Their offense is just as good. I mean, I don't – How how did the three? I just had the Niners over. How the
3: three you guys got the Niners at two, but we got them at four though. No, I'm
2: fine. I'm fine with them being at four. I'm I'm fine with the Eagles being where they're at, but I'm just saying like, you you could put the 49ers as the best team in the NFC if you want to. Uh,
0: Okay, I like I just been consistent with the 49ers being a threat all year, (laughs) so I. I'm going to stand by that I think they've been arguably the best team since the Christian McCaffrey trade, especially. Now, I think they're out four because, like you said, Tony, I think there is a little bit of those doubts. There's still somewhat of an unknown with Brock Purdy. They still have some of those bad losses early on in the season. So if you're going based off the season alone, yeah, I think the 49ers out four, but I think it's more of we all see them as we view them as the best team in the NFC even if they haven't necessarily and we haven't seen brock that.
2: purdy and like i mean other than i mean you could say the bucks but we just said we don't like the way the bucks look i mean you can say the seahawks but they've been playing really bad the only i mean the dolphins maybe is another like playoff caliber team that brock purdy has actually gone against. I mean, when we see that, I mean, that that could change the aspect. If, if somebody can get to Brock Purdy, if somebody can make him force throws or, you know, change his game a little bit from these little dump-offs because he don't throw the ball downfield too often. I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen 20-yard passes a couple times. I mean, George Kittle. But other than that, I mean, like there is a lot of unknown about Brock Purdy. I
0: yeah.
2: mean, he's playing great. He's doing what he needs to do to let that team win fucking games. Defense is doing what they need to do.
3: He kick-started I I the mean, Dolphins' four-game losing
2: streak maybe there's maybe there's not a team that can affect them because, I mean, they got a good offensive line. They got a good run game. You got to focus on too much.
1: And to be honest, like actually thinking about it, I think 49ers are the number one team in the NFL right now. Well, and that's what team. I was going
0: to ask you guys because we have the Bills at number one right now. I think we're all – are we in agreement that they're the best team in the AFC or do some of us think the Chiefs might have that? I
2: think we'll – I mean, I think we we'll see a lot this week, bro. They go against the Bangers, yeah. another team that's kind of hot. That's gonna yeah. be. That's gonna tell you a lot. That's gonna tell you, really. I mean, I know it's the Bills and the Bengals, but it's gonna tell you a lot about the Chiefs too, depending how them two teams play each other.
0: Yeah. No. It, it, it'll be. It's probably the best matchup this week, honestly, between the Bills and the Bengals. I think you just those
2: Bengals or Vikings and Packers. I mean, they're two of the best matchups this week.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this week is definitely gonna. After this week, I think it'll pretty much solidify that top. 5 I mean cuz it's the Bengals are at 5 Bills are at 1 so based off how they do I foresee the Eagles winning I think I see the Chiefs winning the 49ers should beat the Raiders so it should pretty much Let me ask you a
3: question Steve. Yeah. If the Bengals lose and Cowboys and Vikings both win
2: do you still keep the Bengals at 5? No.
0: Probably not. I don't think you I don't think you could
2: I think because you see them go against another good playoff team in the AFC and if but, they can't win it, yeah. it penalizes them.
0: But it's like, yeah, then then we have that argument. Like we said, well, they lost to the number one team. Do we, do we penalize them I mean, for losing? I know, I know, I know or? the Eagles
2: had, I know the Eagles had Gardner Minshew, but they're still <clears> one of the best <throat> overall teams in the league. And we dropped 40 on them and we didn't move. So, I mean, you got to move the Bengals if they lose to the Bills.
0: It's all You can't. Keep, you can't yeah, keep, but it's like, do, do you value lit. a Cowboys win over the Titans more than a Bengals loss versus a Bills?
2: It depends how much they lose by. It. If the Cowboys cover the spread, yeah. And if the Vikings. Like, if the Cowboys barely beat them, the Bengals lose. Even if the Bengals lose a close game, but the Vikings beat the Packers convincingly, I think the Vikings go to four. Yeah, I, I,
0: I mean, I mean I, can see, I mean, I yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to end up. Or, you know, close either way. The Bengals basically oh. hold their own destiny at this point because if they lose, they really do open that door. Yeah, so now we're fin- we're fin- gonna fin- see a lot about the Bengals these next two weeks. Bills and Ravens. So they they have a tough tough last two games remaining.
1: It's okay if Ravens if even if Ravens won the division, we're staying at
2: nine.
0: shut the
3: fuck (laughs) up
0: the
2: Bengals gonna lose their next two games y'all gonna beat them and still be behind them
3: yep
1: (laughs) Steve's gonna bring up the word scary at least five times (laughs) (laughs) we got no weapons we won the division oh shit you're at 12
0: 12? to this this point it's worked though has it not up to this point not really we won 10 games I didn't say you guys were bad, though. I said you were a good team. I, I'm just saying how a, a lot of these teams that I mentioned were scary are in our top five right now. These were teams that I've consistently and, had said that. And all season.
1: I'm glad, like Tony mentioned it earlier, it's not the weapons. It's the coaching. But we'll see. We'll see. Just yeah, wait. Part, just, wait when yes. we beat, just wait when we beat the Steelers this weekend. We go in to beat the Bengals. And I, I just I, I want to hear what you say about scary. Even though Bengals are scarier, we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I told you, though, that scary doesn't define good.
1: We'll see.
0: A- we'll anatomically,
1: Bengals are scarier
3: than Ravens. I'll say that. Yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like, you would rather face the Ravens <laughs> than you would technically the Bengals. That doesn't mean that the Ravens aren't going to beat the Bengals because wait. you guys just might wait. have a better game plan or matchup. But, yeah. It's okay idealistically, I would much rather face you guys than I would have rather face the Bengals. It's okay. The Ravens are going to stay at power ranking
1: nine. We're going to win the division, but we're going to stay at power ranking nine.
0: (laughs) 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 That being said, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. It's been a great, it's been a great season. Obviously we jumped in a little, what we jumped in like halfway through the season. So it'll be fun to finish off this year. And then, get to the off season. Obviously we have some big matchups to end the year, but yeah, from everybody here at the prime sports crew, I want to thank you guys for checking in and joining with us and listening. And we see you guys next week.